Welcome. <laughs> That's our new theme song. Yeah, okay. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting. For okay, you. okay. I thought I thought I thought there was a count in or something like that. No. Uh, no. Okay, cool. Welcome to another episode of the Winter's Coming Fantasy Hockey Podcast, a podcast about a league you're not in and with people you don't know. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Alex, and joining me on the other line, or actually in studio, I think is We're what we call studio. this. We're in studio. Yeah, uh, is, uh, Dylan, a.k.a. the Spreadsheet Master, Spreadsheet Wizard, uh, Spreadsheet Charlatan. I like the uh, the laundry man. The laundry man. Hey, I definitely had that nickname last year. That's coming back to me. What the laundry man or the yeah yeah spreadsheet the laundry man charlatan? Oh, okay. Spreadsheet charlatan. Did you give that to me last year too? <laughs> I don't know. If you listen to episode, what was it? Episode probably one. Probably episode. <laughs> probably episode number one. You'll remember my uh, laundry man nickname because I'm so good with sheets. Ah, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, I really hope I was that clever, but whoever was, kudos to you. Um, for our longtime listeners, uh, as you know, Winter's Coming Fancy Hot Podcast is about our 12-team head-to-head 12-category league in which uh, Dylan barely made the playoffs and I didn't. <laughs> and uh, we try to give our best fantasy advice, but mostly it's not hockey-related at all. In uh, fact, Fergie just got back from a football draft, so it's true. we might hear from that a little bit later. We probably will hear about that later. I do have a lot of stories that I'm sure I can tell, but uh, yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Dylan. I did go to Whistler over the weekend uh, and had a really good time with my friends. Uh, not me. Not you. You don't know football, although we are playing fantasy football together. Maybe we should start another podcast. <laughs> it's true. Well, uh, look for it on the St. Louis... Shoes. Shoes. <laughs> Football.com. <laughs> uh but, uh, you know, Dylan, we're doing a little something different this week, aren't we? Yeah, so uh, our draft is coming up at the end of September, I guess. And uh, we thought that we would actually do research this year because, uh, as you heard, we're not we're not very good at this, even though we've been doing it for a pretty long time. Pretty long time. Um, actually, if you go to some of our older episodes, uh, there is actually a whole oral history in the league. Yeah, if you want, oral you're history. very interested. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is episode like three. Um, just taking a look at it. Or uh, two. We it's the it's episode two, uh, labeled week five, league <laughs> history with Commissioner Greg. Um, <laughs> episode two, week five. <laughs> we're actually, I think we're gonna drop the like week moniker this season. We're just gonna go by the date that we release it because it's just too many numbers in the title. Um, I think Steve, you said that. We should have done that like three episodes into the first season. So we're going to take your advice this season. We're all about taking uh, taking advice here on the podcast. If you do want to communicate with us, we are on Twitter at St. Louis Shoes, as well as you can reach us on our website, stlouisshoes.com, and you have the links to all of our wonderful content there. Um, but let's talk about what we're actually talking about yes. today. Yes, what are we doing? <laughs> What's our content this week, Dylan? So because we're not good at our league and because we get sidetracked so easily, we're uh, we're actually going to talk about, I guess, our favorite players for the upcoming season, um, some draft strategy, some uh, sleeper picks that we think might be uh, available in your pool, available in a pool near you. <laughs> um We've got uh, a recap of some of the players that have moved teams. So uh, 
players like Alex Galianchuk. Galen, 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 can you help me here? Um, it's Jack. Sorry, best of all, right. Uh, Alex Chipmunk, right? Alex Chipmunk, okay. Uh, and uh, Max Domi in that famous trade that happened earlier this summer. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit more about the uh, regression that may be happening in the league. There's a team that people seem to think isn't going to be very good next year. It's also the team that they thought wasn't going to be very good last year. The Canucks? No. Well, <laughs> well, no, not the Canucks. The Vegas Golden Knights, the uh, Western Conference champion championships and winner of one game in the Stanley Cup Finals. So we'll talk about how they uh, are, are not going to be good or are going to be good. Maybe Wild Bill won't be so wild next year. Uh, we've also got uh, some returning players, players coming back to the NHL. I think there's only like two ones of two players of note: uh, Kovalchuk and Valley uh, Nishkushkin. Nishkinin, Nishkinin, Nishkushkin. Um, we should probably do our vocal exercises before we start pronouncing all of these <laughs> names. Uh, and then we're going to take a, lo- a quick look at some uh, bounce back years. So this is where you might be able to find some value in your league. Players that may not have been, uh, may not have had the best year last year. And don't worry, Corey Perry's not on this list. <laughs> um, it might very likely be a two-parter episode. And uh, next episode, we look forward to talking about some goalie cats as well as some, maybe some draft strategies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to hold that off until the next next episode. Um, goalie stuff just gets a way to, it's like, how do you know how good a goalie is going to be valuing goalies? It's, I mean, I don't think anybody's, I mean, nobody's figured it out. Maybe (laughs) Nashville, I think Nashville has gone through like, nobody in fantasy has figured it out. Oh, nobody in fantasy. You're right. Yeah. Um, the other thing to consider is, uh, a lot of our analysis actually came from a tool that we made, uh, a spreadsheet. Dylan, that uh, you mainly you put together, but <laughs> I'll say I also helped. Uh, you were looking at it while I was putting it together. <laughs> uh, do you have anything of note? I mean, this the spreadsheet is amazing. It has everything you could ever think of. It has all the sites. This is something that's very common in fantasy football, but maybe not so so much in uh, fantasy hockey. But has all the player rankings across four different sites. Yeah, uh, we're hoping to add a few more. Yeah, uh, sites. I haven't released it yet just because I want to wait for rankings from um, Yahoo, which I haven't seen yet. I don't know. Maybe somebody can tell me if they're out already, but I haven't seen them yet. And um, also has a some more advanced stuff, such as a an average rank, a standard deviation, uh, and as well as percentile rankings. So, uh, fun fact: if you had forty one goals last season, like Mister Connor McDavid, you scored more goals than ninety nine point three percent of the league. Uh, and it kind of gives you an idea of how much valuable one player is over another in a certain category. So especially if you're in a league like ours that has head-to-head categories, which, I mean, too much the chagrin of our league, um, <laughs> things like random things like, I don't know, game-winning goals are kind of stupid. Um, I mean, some notable things. Short-handed goals. Short-handed goals. I mean, what is it? Um, Who's the defenseman on Anaheim that's ridiculously overrated in our ranking? Montador. Yeah. Uh, Montador like had eight goals last season and five of them were game winners. Uh, taking a look also uh, of like Jason Spezza's 10 goals, five of them were game winners, three of them were in overtime or something along those lines. Montour, not Montador. Yeah. Brandon Montour. Uh, yeah, man. Montador is... Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyways, I but it, I mean the the spreadsheets are quite amazing. Um, we're gonna publish a copy of it, Dylan. I believe. Yeah, we're we're gonna put a copy of it somewhere on Fantasy Hockey Reddit. I guess that's pretty much the only place that would <laughs> would care for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that means we're also gonna be sharing it with the other people in our league. That's true. Um, which I didn't really think about. Well, as we go into our Canada for Fantasy Hockey advice, perhaps uh, specifically the people in the league can now just pause the podcast. Yes. And then uh, tune in later. Yeah, uh, like, skip to like <laughs> two minutes to the end, uh, and then we'll we'll give you our shout outs. Um, <laughs> we'll just say you did a really good job. No, no. What we'll do is we'll release a special version of uh, the chart just for you guys. There we go. <laughs> uh, it'll highly suggest that you draft. Uh, Dylan and myself actually as your number one and over two overall picks. <laughs> Uh, but Dylan, without further ado, there are a couple of players you want to highlight from the top end of your draft. These are kind of, uh, players we've, we kind of looked at, they're kind of the top 10, uh, in terms of average ranking of their positions, uh, from the center position, your top 10 by average, you can look at names like McDavid, Crosby, Tavares, McKinnon, Malkin, Stamkos, Giroux, Austin Matthews, and Tyler Sagan, and Evgeny Kudnetsov. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of talk about really quickly, Mr. Tavares and Tyler Sagan. Uh, Tavares obviously going over to Toronto in that huge offseason signing. Um, Dylan, I don't know if you saw, but on the NHL tweeted out like who had the best offseason and included like Toronto, which would like I don't know. I can't think you could ever make a case for any of the other ones, but they included like St. Louis, Calgary, <laughs> and then another category. But <laughs> right in, who had the best offseason? So who had the best offseason? The I guy, think it was the Canucks. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we got freaking I don't know the Roussel. best best fourth line center in the league, Jay Beagle. <laughs> Jay Beagle. Uh, we, hey, he's top twenty. <laughs> he's top twenty. Uh, we also got somehow voted, and I don't know if you saw the top twenty wingers or something in the league. And oh yeah, Jake yeah, for Tannen. We have Jake for Tannen up in top the top twenty. 20. And then also NHL.com posted like a top like hundred young players or something like that, and someone like under Brock Besser, like future fifty goal scorer. Everyone started jerking off. Yeah, I heard <laughs> them. Like, I heard and them. it's like nobody scored fifty goals in the league last year. Why do you think Brock Besser is going to start doing it all of a sudden? Because man. Because I guess they think that oh, but somebody's got to score goals on the Canucks, but no one considered exactly. the fact that like maybe the Canucks just won't score goals. <laughs> That's another possibility. <laughs> but regardless, of course, back to Tavares. Back to Tavares. <laughs> if you're signing, what I assume is probably like number two or three center uh, in the league today. Um, arguably top 10 of all time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but regardless, John Tavares is really good. And obviously the expectations for the Toronto Maple Leafs this year are going to go through the roof. Yeah. Um, they don't win the cup. They should just blow it up. But Mr. Babcock's obviously going to be able to want to just show off his prize uh, off season acquisition. In fact, last year, John Tavares averaged an average of just under 20 minutes a game, good for 13th in the league. So um, despite seeing Austin Matthews uptick in minutes over the last couple of seasons, we may not see the same thing. Uh, Tavares does so many good things that like a coach would love. Like he protects the puck well, doesn't give it away, plays every line, uh, plays every line. <laughs> um, he can play in all circumstances. Um, but the one thing that, in terms of strategy, that might help out is that we'll push Austin Matthews out to the point on the power play, um, kind of le- letting Tavares sit in that JVR type role where he's kind of sitting in the low post. Um, of course, Tavares is a little bit more skilled than Mr. Van Riemsdyk, so he'll be able to kind of snipe. Uh, while he isn't a necessarily a sharp shooter with a 12.9 shooting percentage, he does shoot 
a heck of a lot and has a little bit more skill than uh, some of the uh, kind of low post bangers that James Van Riemsdyk seemed to like last year. He did he did score some like really pretty low crease goals. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say. Yeah, but James Van Riemsdyk <laughs> also isn't as good as a passer as No, not even John close. Harris. Not um, even close. I feel like we're comparing like a rotten apple <laughs> yeah. to like a really shiny yeah. apple right now. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry if one of the Van Riemsdyks are listening to this. They're uh, not. <laughs> But uh, I guess it was it kind of set you up for failure as I was kind of comparing you to John Tavares. Um, <laughs> but I think that could mean a lot of things. Um, Nylander was on that uh, power play with uh, that first unit power play last year. Uh, but I think that could mean a lot of things for also Mitch Marner or William Nylander as they kind of go into, I think they're both up for contracts next year. Uh, last year, Nylander and Matthews seem to have some chemistry. So we should probably expect to see Marner on Tavares' wing. Uh, but I think... If you look at Marner or Nylander, and they're both being drafted around the same time, I would be very comfortable taking them, uh, maybe even above their projected values. Neither Marner or Nylander are in their contract years. Okay. Uh, the one thing that... Uh, did you mention Kadri here? Um, I just mentioned he might lose some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would look out for. Last year, I had him on my team, and he kind of lit it up in the second half of the of the season when he started playing that, um, that kind of second-line pivot and was actually like playing on the power play, mm-hmm. um, the second power play unit. Uh, and he started playing with Marner, I think, and Marlowe. Marner, Marlowe, and uh, yeah, those guys were the second line. Yeah, and he he started, you know, actually producing. I, I don't think that's going to happen again this year. Yeah. Um, probably look for him to have a less stellar year than he did last year, but uh, he's still pretty good for hits. And yeah, he's <laughs> going to still be their elite third line center. I mean, yeah. I, I, I still think he'll be exactly block shots if your league still had... Um, Still tracks that as well as uh, hits, I think, would be something that we look for uh, for Mr. Kadri. Um, the other guy I want to talk to is kind of talking about contract years, as I falsely claimed for Mr. Carlson and Marner, uh, is Tyler Sagan, who is going into a contract year. Seems like a lot of positive talk about him re-signing in Dallas. Um, but one thing I wanted to look into was maybe uh, there's this kind of a notion that people in contract years will tend to... Yeah perform better yeah um so a couple things to keep in mind tired sagan has been very durable in his last two seasons he's played 82 games in both of them and had his first 40 goal season last year and doing that on a very sustainable shooting percentage uh right in line with what his average has been during his dallas years of just under 12 percent uh he's also playing the most of any forward on that line so he's kind of seeing himself in all uh situations especially as dallas for whatever reason, year to year, it seems to have pretty high expectations of themselves. Yeah. Um, but Dallas is definitely kind of looking at their roster. They're gunning for a playoff spot. So we should see Tyler Sagan highlighted in a lot of things. And we also probably, probably shouldn't see him cut or healthy scratched as. No. Because, well, like, you know, like a lot of times when people are like trade bait, they'll like get healthy scratched sure. for. Because, like, I want to protect our assets or whatever. I don't think Taylor Sagan's going anywhere. I think he loves Dallas. It seems like he loves Dallas, and he's obviously built up a pretty good fan base there. Um, but uh, taking a look at into the contract year fallacy, if you will, uh, the the website DepthHockeyAnalytics.com, which seemed to be the only website with any kind of data, data like this, said that the top 25% of players who uh, are progressing in terms of their line so they're becoming better so they're already becoming better they're beca- already becoming better go for an average of 1.91 points per 60 minutes 
and in their contract year go from 1.91 up to 2.36 uh which is good for an average increase of 23% in points. Wow. So perhaps something to keep an eye on. They also very, very specific, like the data is skewed <laughs> everywhere. So um, take that with a Is this one of those advanced stats? <laughs> uh, Don Cherry would hate me, I guess. <laughs> one, thing th- one thing that I guess isn't advanced hmm. as- stats based is that uh, Dallas has a new coach. Um Montgomery is replacing uh, Hitchcock, mm-hmm. and Montgomery is sort of known as being a more offensive-minded coach too. So, okay. uh, look for Sagan to kind of get a little bit more opportunity. Not like he wasn't already, but I think they're going to be playing a little bit more run and gun. Uh, that that style that we saw a couple of years ago, where they let in a shit ton of goals, but they also scored a shit ton of goals. It was like we don't care to play defense because yeah. we're just going to score more than you. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Look for that to help Sagan's number this year. I would honestly venture to say that he should be drafted in the top, I don't know, in your first round. He might be a first-round player. What do you think? Um, I think so, too. I mean, also, I'm looking at, uh, when we look at kind of our advanced stats, Jamie Benn is somebody who's super overvalued or super valued in terms of our league. And I, I'd see like, he's Tyler Sagan's line mate. Taking a look at their roster, there's not going to be very many other people who are going to be scoring points their second line centers jason spezza who seems kind of washed up i'd say yeah i mean he might get that uptick too yeah. you know like he's he's not gonna be playing so much you know back in his own end so um he might get the offensive team push if you you uh, believe in something like that yeah but i think uh there's gonna definitely be a lot of uh weight placed on both sagan ben as well as uh radulov yeah uh, I don't know if you saw John Klingberg. He just seems hyped to play for uh, oh, yeah. the new coach. Did uh, he play for him before? No, but he was just like, the the coach went out to, to Sweden or wherever Klingberg yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, you're going you're gonna to play for me. And I think like, the quotes were the, kind of the typical, like, he's ready to run through a wall or whatever. <laughs> um, but John Klingberg seems amped. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll see a nice little uptick for, I mean, not to say Kling- Klingberg didn't have a good season last year, but. Uh, yeah, that I mean, the, he had an incredible season. Last yeah, <laughs> but those top end Dallas guys combined with the maybe twenty three percent point increase from Mister Charles again should be pretty good. All right, uh, Dylan, you did some looking at some wingers, didn't you? Yeah, so obviously with wingers uh, on the left wing, your top five are are pretty solid, and they have been for the last few years. Um, well, yeah, okay, let's go with top five. Uh, we'll do our top ten though. Uh, Ovechkin. Marchand, Hall, Ben, Panarin, the Breadman, Johnny Goudreau, Ellers has entered into our top 10 this year, and uh, Evander Kane. Evander Kane is great in those banger leagues. We all mm-hmm. know how, uh, you know, how short his fuse is. So <laughs> if you need pims and you need hits, uh, go for Evander Kane. He's probably going to be available for the next seven years, right? I mean, they brought bold proclamation that he'll be bought out in four (laughs) we'll see what happens oh that was on the last episode wasn't it uh like the two or three episodes ago but yeah no that was on the last episode that we didn't actually release and will not release (laughs) (laughs) more on that later actually we probably won't talk about it later uh gabriel landeskog and victor arvison um so let's just let's just let's talk left wingers here for a second because ovechkin hall ben Mm-hmm. Those are my kind of like quintessential left wingers. You've got 
Ovechkin, who is literally going to score all the goals and has for the last five years. And hits and shots. And hits and shots. He's always in the top 99 of that. You've got Taylor Hall, who's kind of put himself in a place where he literally is a team now Mm -hmm. by himself. (laughs) He is a team. He dragged New Jersey into the playoffs. He is a New Jersey devil. (laughs) He is the one devil. That is him. Um, Who not only is scoring, but he's also setting everyone up. I think he had like an, uh, um, a career best in primary assists this year. And uh, he, he was also on pace for a hundred points this year. If he wasn't injured, um, what did he have? I think it was like a, a hip injury or something like that. Uh, we'll, we'll look hip, it up. Hip or shoulder. I mean, t- Taylor Hall's two big things. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, if he wasn't injured, he was, he was going to hit a hundred points this year. And then you got Jamie Ben, who um, is, I, I how do you describe Jamie Ben is basically like Jamie Alex ben, Ovechkin light. I was going to say Jamie Ben I feel like is criminally underrated in a lot of things. Right. Um he he does all the good things. He does all the right things. I mean, I sound like you're being generic, very specific I right mean, now. <laughs> such generic hockey speak. But I mean like year in year out and I think if you look at a lot of like people who are very analytical in terms of the fantasy hockey world, I mean, we looked at like percentile, like weighted scoring mm-hmm. in each category. Yeah, and who was popping up? And we we keep removing categories and be like, "There's no way this guy's this good," you know. And we keep like taking out categories, and no matter what we do, Jamie Ben always is in like number one or number two valuable player in our league. Yeah, at least in, in the in the stats that we track. Um, and granted, we we do track a couple of like volatile stats, shots on goal, or sorry, shorthanded goals, game winning goals, which are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we do track penalty minutes, which inflates some value, but you know, if your league is in, in, is, is tracking penalty minutes, then, uh, you're going to find value in players that aren't necessarily at the top of, um, everybody's list this year. So my question then about these three players is you've got the third overall pick. All three of these guys are available. Mm -hmm. Who do you take? I mean, if I'll... I honestly think there's a probably a pretty good uh, case to make for Ovechkin going, maybe even first overall. Okay. Uh, depending on your your cats, so I, I'd say if he's still available at three, I'm taking Alex Ovechkin. I have uh, <laughs> I have I have a counter argument for you, please. So again, based on the categories in your league, if you're looking at a points league, go for Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, I'm saying it right now, mm-hmm. hundred plus hundred plus points this year. Okay. okay? Hersher's coming up. I don't know who else he's playing with, uh, but Taylor Hall, let's just say he's going to hit over 100 points this year, okay? Okay. Um, If you're going for a points league, go for Hall. The only place that Ovechkin is better than Hall is shots on goal and hits. Okay. If your league is not tracking hits, Mm -hmm. you're a pure point league, yeah, you're going to miss out on the shots on goal, but you're not missing out by much. Um. Taylor Hall is still going to produce more goals. He's going to produce more assists. Sorry, he's not going to produce more goals. He's going to produce less goals, but more assists and more overall points. Um, he also had a more power play, more power play points. Mm-hmm. Thirty-seven power play points last year. Ovechkin only had thirty-two. Listen to me, only had thirty-two. <laughs> We're like picking between two diamonds here. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is no JVR versus John Tavares argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side of the ticket, though, with Jamie Ben. If you're in a banger league, Jamie Ben's actually a better pick than Ovechkin. Uh, he has more blocks because he plays on the penalty kill. He has more hits 
if it's only by one last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he had more penalty minutes too. He had 54 penalty minutes last year. So um, depending on the categories that your league is uh, tracking, sometimes you're not always going to take the most conventional player. Right. Uh, so you might want to go with the Taylor Hall. You might want to go with the Jamie Benn. Ovechkin may be hung over this season. You also <laughs> have to remember that. Uh, the other thing that I might look at, and perhaps Dylan, you, maybe you, you can probably explain why you projected Taylor Hall to be over 100 points, is... Also, games played. Um, Jamie Benn, 82 games played last year, but is averaging well over 80 in his last five seasons. Yeah. Same thing with Vetchkin. He's played 82, 82, 79, 81, like going back. Uh, he's always, despite his playing style, always available. Um, Taylor Hall, though, um, I guess kind of has this notion that he's kind of injury prone. So do you still value Taylor Hall over those guys, even if you take into account that he's probably going to miss about uh, 10, 6 to 10 games a year? Yes. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I mean, honestly, I just feel like his performance last year, even when he was injured, mm-hmm. um, was outstanding. And yeah. on a team where, like, he literally, he had support, but he didn't have crazy amounts of support. And, you know, Will Butcher is going to be better this year. He's going to get the puck more often this year. Right. Um, Keith Kincaid is going to be just as good as he was last year. We all know that. <laughs> yes. there's no. We've never seen a backup goalie get hot and then never drop off after that. That's for sure. <laughs> Every backup goalie that's hot. But then, then again, hot. Corey Schneider came back pretty well in the True. playoffs, and he has a track Lost record a of being good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough when you have one player on your team, but uh, or two players, I guess. You have Taylor Hall and then Corey Schneider. As far as I know, that's the entirety of New Jersey Devils roster. Yeah, so those are there's the you know there's the hot take. Do you take Ovechkin? Maybe not. Probably yes, but maybe not. There, it's good to have that. That there's a there's definitely a potential. Um, you took a look at some right wingers as well, I think. Yeah, so we were uh, going down the you know the right winger list here. Um, our top ten, we've got Kucherov, Wheeler, Pasternak, uh, Kane, Line, Kessel, Tarasenko. Voracek, Ratanin, Rantanin, sorry, and Radulov. Uh, now, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I didn't do any research on any of these players, mostly because I didn't really have anything to say besides the fact that Blake Wheeler always surprises me. <laughs> and he's going to a contract year, that I know. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this is, but like, there's something about Blake Wheeler where maybe it's because he's playing in Winnipeg. Maybe it's because he just has a very, like, non-exotic name maybe because he just doesn't have any like advertising deals he's not like on a like a box of shreddies or uh shreddies still i don't know he doesn't serve tim hortons uh out of the drive-through on his (laughs) on his off days i just feel like i never hear of blake wheeler and then we go and look at his stats and what do we see we see oh last year he had 40 power play points really 40 power play points? Uh, yeah, 38. Or no, sorry. Uh, yeah, 40. 40 power play points. Six power play goals and 34 yeah, so. power play assists. Yeah, so he's the 40 power play points, six goals, 34 assists on the power play. I mean, we have him as second overall on our evaluation of all of our, uh, all the stats and including our, um, external rankings but i mean if you're in a place where you're drafting you know again in the top 10 and 
what do you do? Do you take Kucherov or do you take Blake Wheeler? Right? Like, yeah. The thing about Blake Wheeler is that he is, his line goes through him, but when he's not producing, he also has Line A and Ellers yeah. that are also producing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Line A can go like, you know, he's had a couple of streaks where he's been cold for a week, cold for two weeks. Ellers seems like he's pretty consistent. Um, but if Blake Wheeler's not not going, he's still going to get points from his from his uh, from his center and from his wing. Right, right. I, that made no sense. I don't know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> um, this is what happens when I don't make any pre notes on any of these players. Um, the other thing I have to say is Patrick Kane. He obviously was Chicago's best player last year, mm-hmm. but like no one else on Chicago did anything. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens this year with Patrick Kane. Apparently, uh, he's too busy watching Austin Matthews on TV. Um, he was interviewed recently at like Wimbledon or something like that. I don't know where he was. No, I think it was a U.S. Open. That makes more sense. The, <laughs> the golf one, right? Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not traveling. He's not traveling <laughs> to watch tennis in the I didn't, UK. Yeah, I didn't peg Patrick Kane as a huge tennis guy, but. Uh, Stranger things have happened. He spent all of last year watching Austin Matthews on TV, so maybe playing that's tennis? why he wasn't uh, <laughs> yeah, playing tennis. Maybe that's why he wasn't producing last yeah. year. Let's still move 70, on. Still had seventy six points last year, so not a not a slouch by any means. Um, yeah, looking at our top ten demon: Victor Hedman, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Subban, Drew Doughty, Shane Gostabieri, Gostas Bear, Gostas Bear. Sorry, Dustin Bufflin, Seth Jones, and John Carlson. Um, I mean, enough has been said about Eric Carlson. I think don't overthink it in terms of the uh, the fantasy hockey stuff. If your if your league is tracking plus minus, don't draft Eric Carlson. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Well, then he might. I mean, with the whole trade thing, I guess is like he'll he'll go to a good team, and there you go. Oh yeah, okay. So draft Eric Carlson. I what, what I'm saying is that even like even if you do draft Eric Carlson and he stays on Ottawa, one, I think the fact that they took Brady Kachuk. Uh, and didn't trade their pick this year for next year's just means they're going to try and win this year. Yeah. Um, whatever that means to Melnick. Yeah. I mean, like, I, but I don't know. Like, I think that they'll try to do it. Uh, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily think they'll be as bad as next year. Um, just as a gut feeling, I guess. Uh, I didn't really look into it too much, but I think uh, Eric Carlson, I bet even then, no matter where he goes, he's going to be a number one or two defenseman on any, I don't know if you can think of a team where he wouldn't be the number one or two guy. Nope, can't think of one. Nope, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> don't overthink it. I mean, you're going to draft him. Uh, and if you really think that Eric Carlson is going to get traded and you don't want to draft him a result, then draft Thomas Chabot. <laughs> what I was Who saying. will become the number Who one will become defenseman the, in Ottawa. In yeah, Ottawa. as far as I know, he's the only other guy there. I mean, obviously there's a couple others, but he will become their, their number one guy. He's young. They have to see what he's all about. Um, I was going to say maybe they'll have to draft someone, but they can't because Colorado will have their pick. Um <laughs> But he'll be their defenseman of the future. Um, the other thing is John Carlson. I mean, a lot can be said about, you know, the opposite of a contract year, somebody who nails a huge uh, long-term contract. Um, but taking a look at... Uh, what does he of, have to play for? Exactly. He's got the money. He he's has got the ring. cup. He's done. Yeah. He should retire, right? Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, taking a look at uh, just the advanced stats, if you will, of... Um, and by advanced stats, I mean just the total number of goals scored by a team. <laughs> uh, Washington has been a remarkably consistent team. Even with all their departures from last year to this year, they only scored one less goal, or were right in the neighborhood of like their, the amount of t- team goals scored from last year. Wow. So I think even um, with a very similar makeup, it seems like they brought back the whole gang uh, for 
I assume I had another shot at the cup. Yeah, back uh, to back. Yeah, back to back. I you don't really see his uh, his uh, his role changing that much. So uh, while you may not see sixty eight points in eighty two games, you might see somewhere in the neighborhood. Uh, it wasn't like he was shooting anything uh, super above what his career average is, nor was the team. So, uh, and the, the new coach is from Barry Trosh's coaching tree, so we shouldn't see too much of a difference in terms of the overall strategy of how Washington employs their lines. There we go. Should we move on to uh, some of our new team, new you players? Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, we already talked about one, uh, John Tavares. Yeah. Uh, but some other ones, uh, very famously early in the off season, Alex Elchenik was traded for Max Domi. Uh, Alex Elchenik, I think this benefits him a lot in terms of his fantasy outlook. Uh, he yeah. goes, he goes to a team that has a very similar offensive output as, uh, his former team. Uh, last year, Arizona scored 208 goals last year, Wash, uh, Montreal scored 209. Uh, but he, the, the biggest difference is that he'll be able to move to center for yes. one. He'll play uh, the position he's actually listed as. Exactly. Uh, he'll be able to score. I mean, <laughs> but uh, very famously, when he was the second-line center in Montreal, he scored 30 goals. And that was back right. in 2015. Uh, last year, he scored 19 goals, but he also had an 8.9 shot percentage, uh, which is half of his career average. And perhaps that's because he had to do all the stuff in the low post. Um, in the se- as a second-line center in Arizona, he'll probably be paired with Perlini and Hinostra, two very speedy guys, which should really benefit his long wrister game. Um, so that should hopefully, and I think will translate to a bigger uptake in terms of Galchenyuk's yeah, scoring. We can probably see him taking more shots and shooting at a higher percentage. Right. Better percentage shots and more of them. You think he's going to hit his 30-goal target again this year? I don't think he'll hit 30, but definitely 25-plus. 25-plus. Not mm. 30, but 25-plus. <laughs> <laughs> Which could include 30, or it could also include 40. I don't think he's going to score 40 <laughs> goals. but uh, And also, Arizona, I think, will be a much better team than they were last year. Yeah, yeah. They've definitely done the things that they've needed to do. Um, Ratnit, or Ranta, sorry, last year was mm-hmm. injured for like half the season. But when he was playing... He posted something like a nine two eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he was playing really well at near the end of the season. It was just too little, too late. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, from January onwards, the Coyotes were one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so we should see, resuming everything projects as it did at the end of the season. Because uh, like, that's always what happens. Yes. <laughs> um, we should hopefully see. Oh, I mean, that's your argument for Taylor Hall. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we should hopefully see a pretty good season for Alex Galchenyuk. Um, Max Domi, I mean, a lot of people were like, Mark Virgin, what are you doing? You're trading a former 30-goal scorer for a guy who doesn't really do much on the offensive end by all the means. And He has a really great Instagram, though. <laughs> Max Domi? <laughs> yeah. What's his Instagram account? At Max. At- How the hell did he get that? He must know a guy. Right? Or, okay, well, hold on. Like, let's just say you had the resources of an NHLer. Right. You buy your Instagram handle. Well, like, how much would you pay for at Dylan? I don't have... Like anything to buy it with? Well, no, no. Like if you had the resources of an NHLer, oh, such as Max, Tony. thousand bucks, thousand dollars. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, like I think the Ball Brothers, and we're talking about basketball. But do you know who the Ball Brothers are? I do not. Okay. Um, they're a ba- basketball. Uh, reality. Like they're like the basketball Kardashians is the only way I can really describe it. I thought there was already a basketball <laughs> Kardashian. I guess the Kardashians are involved in basketball. <laughs> Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom and uh, uh, the Tristan, other one. Tristan Thompson. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yes, that's his, is Travis I, Scott a basketball player? <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's played basketball. Um, but uh, but anyways, they have uh, one or two, two or three letter uh, like Instagram handles at Zo Z O at Jello G E L O. So those like those are like what you that's like getting uh, me dot com or like hi.com yeah exactly or like i don't know you can probably do that um i I just know the guy who has like the twitter handle at og got it like when twitter like first launched yeah and isn't like you know a rap or anything like that but his twitter account is literally just him retweeting people like saying hey can i buy your account for thirty thousand? hey can i buy your account and he's like yes we'll never let it go (laughs) um they're very famously the guy who had like the handle at n like just the letter n oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, i heard about that Um, and that was that brought in a whole thing about how two-factor actually isn't that secure and stuff like that somebody spoofed his phone number yeah well i mean that's the latest segment from our twitter security i guess um (laughs) podcast but uh (laughs) follow us on twitter at n i mean no (laughs) um but max domi uh and you know as much as like the media likes to think that they're hockey experts, Montreal pays somebody, I presumably millions of dollars to figure out if Max Domi would be a fit for them. Um, but Max Domi is part of a kind of a very limited club of 21 players that have seen their uh, teammates improve by two or more percent in the last three years. And it's a list that includes such two or three percent of what? Uh, of the regular shooting percentage. Ah, okay. So to give you any idea, uh, when. Ty Domi was off the ice. Defenseman would shoot 7.2%. Forge would shoot 11. Did you say Ty Domi? Sorry. When Max Domi was <laughs> off the ice, Arizona defenseman would shoot 4.1% and Forge would shoot 9%. When uh, Max Domi was on the ice, uh, defenseman would shoot 7.2% and Forge would shoot 11.4%. Which, while may not be a super big, drastic increase... right. Um, the fact that that happened is a pretty elite club. It includes yeah. players like McKinnon, Stamkos, Kunetsov, uh, our favorite player Zucker, uh, Mark Shifley, Yager, like a team of uh, a team, a list of players who are going to be in the Hall of Fame or perennial All Stars. And and one player who's not playing in the league anymore at the very top of the list, <laughs> Yannick Hansen. Yannick Hansen. Um, <laughs> who who probably benefited more from the Sedins than <laughs> than anything. Um, but uh, but sitting number six, uh, increasing his teammates' average by two point seven percent is Mr. Uh, Max Domi. So while we may not see maybe a super big offensive uptick from uh, Max Domi, we should probably see his projected line mates, so Jonathan Duran and Paul Byron, see a nice little boost. Um, and presumably, that's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, don't draft Domi, but I mean, don't don't look at I mean. Domi, cool, but Duran and Byron, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, this is the way I would, I would. Uh... And if your uh, if your league tracks breakaway goals or uh, or uh, shootout goals, yeah, I think Byron's actually a really good pickup. Okay, I think it's shootout. No, it's breakaways. He's he's had like four breakaway goals last year. Oh wow, okay, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole story about how Paul Byron was actually uh, scouted through a collage like a video collage on youtube of his breakaway moves oh really and his like ability to break away from players like his first oh, five wasn't steps like linus omark like no it wasn't, yeah no <laughs> linus omark with flaming sticks yeah. or anything like that. um but yeah his first like five strides to separate from a defenseman like going like on a breakaway kind of thing mm-hmm. uh separated him 
or I guess got him some attention from, uh, I don't know if it was Montreal, if he played for somebody before Montreal, but some scouts that were like, hey, you got to look at this guy. Yeah. And it was, it was because someone on Twitter tweeted the video at one of the Montreal scouts. That's crazy. Maybe it wasn't Montreal. Maybe it was somebody else. Okay. I don't know where I heard this story. It was probably from another hockey podcast, <laughs> but I'm not doing it justice. Yeah. Um, I think that's our move. We should just start tweeting our podcast to other people. Actually, we've been tweeting at Elliot Friedman, I think, for all of our podcasts. but because <laughs> <laughs> we... He hasn't responded yet. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a segment called 31 Thoughts and 31 Thoughts, and I think that's <laughs> why we started. I think it's our, it's our most listened to episode. Yes, it is. Um, or that one or the one that we said we were... De- Sponsored by Domino's. Oh, yes. Uh, the winners <laughs> coming fantasy hockey championships or something like that. Um, James Neal, another guy that switched teams uh, going from the uh, next talked about Las Vegas Knights to the Calgary Flames. Um, he projects to be the second line winger with only Mr. Lindholm coming over in that trade from Carolina ahead of him in the depth chart. So he could probably get some Goudreau time, uh, which will, I think... Probably the most talented teammate Goudreau's ever played with. Yeah, I, I mean, I did a little bit of research going back to the players that Goudreau and uh, uh, Monaghan, Monaghan have played yeah. with. Mm-hmm. And here, let's take a look at this list. I know the the best uh, winger they've had is uh, <laughs> Yuri Hudler, I think. Yuri Hudler, yeah. yeah. The guy with not enough vowels <laughs> or too many vowels in his first name and not enough in his last name. It would be a terrible Scrabble player, yeah. Yeah, that would be a, that'd be a hard one. <laughs> so cannon glass. Past four years... <laughs> Past four years, the uh, top wingers that they have played with the most, like most ice time shared, uh, Furland, who's now in Carolina, uh, 19-year-old, sorry, 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 21-year-old Sam Bennett. I think he's 21 now. And now a worse hockey player than he was when he <laughs> yeah, was 18. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, at least he's not getting as much love on Hockey Night in Canada yeah. anymore. Uh, Alex Chison. Alex Chison, who... My favorite fun fact about him, he scored the first... On his first eight shots in the NHL, he scored eight goals. Yeah, is no longer Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he's not scoring at a goal per game yeah. anymore. Uh, Yuri Hudler, which, like you said, that one season where he had like 35 goals or something. And crazy I think he like got that. like a crazy contract afterwards. Right. But he, not with, not with Calgary. Like no. he went somewhere else yeah. and then say so he got bought out. Uh, and David Jones, who I think you only know who David Jones because is. Because of his looks, right? <laughs> because of his looks. <laughs> and because only if you live, if you lived in Calgary, I don't know if anyone else knows. And, or if you Jones. were like really into like the Connects uh, Flames rivalry, right? Like, yeah. The, the... Fuck David Jones. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I think in, like what what do you play like ten eleven? Like that's back when we were good. I yeah. Think. So like these these are the kind of guys that these that Monahan and Goudreau have been playing with. But mm-hmm. now you look at who they've brought in. They've brought in James Neal, mm-hmm. who is a natural winger. Yeah, and, and also remarkably consistent. He scored twenty plus goals in the last ten seasons. Crazy and. Um, Elias Lindholm, yeah. who is, I think he's naturally a centerman, but yeah. he, he he has played the wing. Um, Lindholm, like, you know, young, offensive guy. Honestly, like, with these two guys next to them, I, I, I'm not saying draft uh, Lindholm or draft Neil. I'm saying draft Goudreau and yeah. draft Monaghan, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. these guys are going to be on fire next year. Yeah. And no also, pun intended. And I think... Uh, I, one thing is the Flames also had really bad puck luck last season, if you look at all yeah. their stats. Uh, I don't have them in front of me, but uh, the Flames are due for a bounce-back offensive year. And I think if you looked at their games or watched the games last year, you would know that they were just not the same team as they were the year before, where they were right up at the top of the Western Conference. Um, Neil is a remarkably consistent player. He gets at least 200 shots a year. 
He has a very, very consistent shooting average, averaging anywhere between 11.4 and 13.5%. So um, when you look at his offensive stats, you see they've gone down. Uh, it's actually just due to his lack of second assists. In his last 90 points in the last two seasons, only five are second assists. That's you, kind of nuts. It's kind of weird, and it's very, very low. Like it's in like a lowest percentile for any players. But there's also no correlation between like how second assists are tracked from year to year because it's all very subjective. Right. Um, for second assists, for, second for primary assists, assists it's a yeah. little bit more sta- like you know who passed it to the guy. Who scored. Exactly. So, right. Um, in terms of Neil's like offensive output, and I assume what scouts look for or like what coaches look at when they insert people into like certain positions in the lineup. Neil should still see a very good, uh, heavy offensive load from the, yeah, from the Flames, yeah, uh, and we'll probably put into places where he can score because especially with how much money they gave him over the next five years, uh, and especially with how old Neil is, he's going to be twenty nine. You assume that they're going to try to get as much value out of him now. Yeah, I always forget that he's like he's under thirty. It's kind of nuts, yeah, but he's, he's been, been playing. He's I, been in the league since he was. 18. I feel like he played in Dallas for like ten years before he got traded to the Penguins <laughs> or something like that. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, him and like um, uh, who's the guy on the Canucks? Uh, Louis Erickson. Erickson. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't worry, I didn't actually forget who Louis Erickson was. I just you wish- should though. I wish I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like those two were on the Dallas Stars for forever. Yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly uh, switched teams. He got traded to the St. Louis Blues. Um, the only thing that I really want to mention for Ryan O'Reilly is the Blues power play is going to be a lot better with him. Uh, last year they had mostly uh, Braden Shen taking power uh, power play assists. I'm uh, sorry, faceoffs. Uh, but he was like pretty much a 50% guy. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly won 61.8% of his power play faceoffs, which is good for seventh in the league. Um, so you should see one the power play start in the the uh, the offensive zone uh, more often on the power play. But also Ryan O'Reilly will be a right hand shot. Last year they were rolling with. Uh, Braden Chen screening the goalie, and then you had Schwartz and Tarasenko on the two left wings. Which means when you want to get Tarasenko out for a one-timer, it was just terrible because James Schwartz body. had or or was blind pass like backhand pass. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So basically, all like the advanced like puck movement stats saying that like the Blues only could really string one or two passes together before either a crappy shot happened or it got cleared. So um, all in all, while Ryan O'Reilly is probably going to be playing with the most talented teammates he's ever had. And I really like Terrence Sankel this year because we're going to see his power play um, points and goals go up. Last year he had six, which is the lowest since his rookie year. So uh, we should hopefully see a pretty good uh, uptick in Terrence Sanko. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to some of the regression stuff with the, the Vegas Knights. For sure. Uh, so we obviously know that Neil's gone. Mm-hmm. Perron's gone back to St. Louis right. uh, to, to join um, O'Reilly, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've brought in Paul Stastny. Okay. Now, I, I don't really have much to say about Paul Stastny besides the fact that like he basically just does the same thing everywhere now. You you saw how he played in St. Louis. He did the exact same thing in Vegas. And or in sorry, Colorado. in, uh, in um, Winnipeg. And, and in now, Colorado. And in Colorado. Yeah. And now he's he's over to Vegas. He's going to be a, a, a great uh, second-line center for right. him. Great power, uh, penalty killer. Um, awesome face-off man. Yeah. Uh, but moving past... Stastny, let's talk a little bit about the first line and the defense because those are the two big things that surprised us with Vegas is that mm. they actually have a first line. Yeah. and A very good one at that. A too. very good one. Yeah. And their defense was made up of all of these, like, I'd say third defensemen. Third pairing or like No, like three? In, in not top three, three, four, I guess. Uh, not are... top two, but three, four defensemen. Yeah. Right? 
um, who, when you put them into one team or like, I guess on, in, in, uh, in one unit performed admirably, like yeah. they were, they were incredible. Um, Colin Miller was, uh, move the puck. F- what am I trying to say here? Colin Miller was one of the best puck moving defensemen last year. Mm. Um, and the entire vo- uh, Vegas Knights de- defense. <laughs> <laughs> what did the Las Vegas defensemen do, Dylan? <laughs> I can't even like say it now. Um, okay, so based on their career average, mm-hmm. the Vegas Knights defensemen okay. shot 30 shots more yeah. this season okay. than their career averages. That's a lot of shots. That is a lot of shots. <laughs> That is a lot of shots. And a lot of this just comes down to opportunity. These guys weren't getting opportunities because they were second line or third line defensemen. Um, and on the Vegas Knights, they're getting a lot more ice time. They're playing power play. Yeah, they're all of them were like playing like 15 to 20 minutes. They're all getting like equal amount of ice time. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was kind of just like give them all the same and let's see what happens, right? Uh, I think the only outcast was Lucas Pisa. <laughs> and that's only because he got hurt. And he was hurt, yeah. It He's also like he... not returning this year. Yeah. Is he going back to Italy? Is that where he's from? Yeah. Okay. But I don't think he's actually going back to Italy. Okay. Um, so I, I don't think that that was an accident. I think that these are actually very offensive-minded defensemen, and I think that that's going to continue next year. So if you do have the opportunity to snag somebody like Colin Miller or Nate Schmidt uh, or Shea Theodore, then take them. Mm. Uh, they're, they're not going to stop this next year. Uh, moving on to the the top line, let's talk a little bit about wi- uh, Wild Bill, Willem Carlson. Mm. Um, so we did a little bit of looking into uh, players who have scored 40-plus goals and their regression into this next season. So when a player play, or when a player scores 40 goals, what does their next season look like? And there were some obvious like uh, outliers, like Ovechkin, who in the last four years has scored 40-plus goals. Uh, he has a 41-goal season, a 49-goal season, a 50 and a 51-goal season, I think it was. Something like that. So his there's not really any regression when it comes to Alex Ovechkin. Obviously, I'm not saying William Carlson's going to be Alex Ovechkin. Nobody was. <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. On the other end of the spectrum, though, we have somebody like Rick Nash. Now, in 2014-2015, Rick Nash scored 42 goals. Mm. Did, do you remember that season? I do. He was playing with uh, St. Louis, who retired the next season. Yeah. The next season, um, he scored uh, 16 goals. Sorry, 14 goals. So, That's no more St. Louis. Yeah. No more goals. Mm-hmm. We had this change in his line, and all of a sudden, he can't score any goals anymore. Um, I, I went in and read a little bit of the articles that were that were kind of uh, talking about Nash over those two seasons. And the first season, it seemed like he had like an incredible off season. Uh, he was training really hard. He came in and he was like super pumped to play. Yeah. And I think it was a little bit of the Vigneault treatment. Yeah. So that top line, Rick Nash and St. Louis were getting all of the offensive opportunities. They were being started in the offensive zone. Yeah. So like what Vigneault did with the Sedins. Like what he did with yeah. the Sedins, right? Okay. And that was the year that they went to the Western Conference uh finals yeah so they lose in the finals or they lose in the conference conference finals um and the next season st louis retires mm-hmm. it's all washed up he's tired because he didn't get a whole se- a whole off season to, yeah. to prepare and he's not coming the classic back. late run hangover exactly yeah. <laughs> right Ob- obviously rick nash has also suffered a couple of concussions yeah he had one earlier in his career and then he had one 
the year after this 14 year 14 goal season yeah and he literally hasn't been the same since and he was he had one this year as well like i don't yeah. i don't think he has a contract right now the rumors he might take a year off because of his concussion issues right mm-hmm. so but here's the thing it doesn't isn't will carlson playing with the same people carlson's playing with the same people hmm. yeah but carlson also went to the stanley cup finals it's true so but i feel like there has to be something about like they the the fire's gonna be there but also i don't know Here's like, the other thing. Let's yeah. put this into the equation as, as well. Carlson also just signed that one-year deal. The classic, prove, like, prove me I'm wrong, kind of from the Vegas management. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I think it was one year, 5.75 or something like that. Like, yeah. really reasonable if you think about it. So yeah. he's kind of got that fire to basically perform. Mm-hmm. Is he going to show it or is he not? Um, a couple of other comparisons that we might want to look at. Uh, TJ Oshie. Okay. Um, TJ Oshie was actually, uh, he scored 33 goals in 2016-17 and only 18 goals last year. Um, he's a little bit more of a, uh, of a one-for-one comparison because TJ Oshie was actually shooting at 22% and sorry, 20, yeah, 22%. And Carlson this year, well, I guess last season was shooting at 23%. Ooh. So that high shooting percentage, you know that that's not sustainable and that's not going to keep happening. I think the best call last year was when Carlson was scoring. They were saying, he only shoots when he can score because <laughs> he literally was not missing any of his shots. Yeah. Um, so I guess look for that comparison as well. Like, are we going to see a drop off that that uh, steep? Are we going to see something where this year he scores 18 goals or 12 goals yeah. um, because of his shooting percentage? Is it going to dive off a cliff? Or are we going to see something closer to Ovechkin where, okay, we know that he's a sniper and he's just going to keep scoring, maybe not at the pace that we expect him to, um, but let's see what happens. I think my my prediction, and this is just based on the stuff that I've read, I don't really have any like hard... Um, hard numbers here but if you go at like a 16 percent shooting percentage i think he's gonna shoot somewhere around 30 goals this year right maybe like 25 to 30 Hmm. so still a great pickup but you're not gonna see that 41 goal season again right yeah i mean it's all about him proving that he's a 30 plus goal scorer as opposed to him being a 10 goal scorer like he was with the jacket so (laughs) third line center on the third line center you're purely defensive guy oh wait you might also be a prolific shooter. My bad. Uh, <laughs> was there anybody else on the, the nights that you wanted to talk about? Um, what, what do you think? How do you see Eric Howlow doing next year? Because, I mean, that, that line was notably a terrible defensive line, and now they brought in Paul Stastny. Do you think he moves to the wing? Or do yeah, you think... so I think okay. Howlow's moving to the, ring, to the wing, and mm-hmm. Stastny's going to pivot that line now. Okay. Um, Howlow put... was kind of streaky last year. Mm-hmm. So if you're you know streaming players and you want to pick up somebody, look for Howlow on those weeks where... Um, they're playing four games in a week or um, he's, you know, getting power play time or something like that. So I definitely look out for Hala. Um, I don't know if I would keep him. I don't know if I would draft him or yeah. if I would keep him on my line or on my team for longer than he's hot for. Would you would you draft Tatar? There's, that's, that's the kind of question mark is like yeah. you don't know what's going to happen with Tatar. He was a draft deadline pickup. And they paid a pretty hefty price. They for him paid too, what, a third? first, second and a third. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that line. It's kind of a question mark line. Mm-hmm. Not really sure at this point. 
Um, some of the other people that are going to, or I guess if you're in a, in a um, keeper league and you're drafting rookies coming in, you might want to look at Cody Glass. Cody Glass might be getting a little bit more time with Vegas this year. He might make the team. Um, he was playing in uh, Portland last year and had uh, 23 goals and 36 assists in 38 games last year. Um, he was their sixth overall pick in the uh, 2017 entry draft. And that's apparently who everybody wants in any trade for the Knights. Like yeah. involving the Knights. It's we like, want Cody, Cody Glass. It's like it's their version of uh, Bal Raymond in a second. It's like a first, <laughs> a first Glass and Shea Theodore for any anybody on an expiring contract. It seems to be like the the thing. Um, yeah. I, should we take a look at some returning players from Russia? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so most notably Ilya Kovalchuk uh, being paid to be one of the best wingers on the Kings uh, and probably will be. Uh, so Mr. Rob Volman, so on Twitter at Rob Volman NHL has a uh, translation factor. So he looks at like how much people score in each league and like uh, relative, I assume he has his own proprietary algorithm, something that's way smarter than I could he, ever hope he, or want to do. I, I read that he has a personal robot. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but basically, he says that 0.74 points in the KHL equals one NHL point. So uh, right now, Kovalchuk projects to be about a 72-point scorer in the league and primarily a sharp scorer, a sharpshooter. So definitely not no slouch when it comes to him coming to the NHL. I don't think he'll be a surprisingly bad player. I think mm. he'll kind of, I guess, for lack of a better word, pick up where he left off. When he, Who are some comparables? Yeah, so we can take a look at who will be other people in the 72-point, 30-goal range. Um, so kind of the upper end of his uh, projection would be William Carlson from last year uh, or David Pasternak-type stats. But kind of more in sort of the uh, range, you can look at people like Austin Matthews, Logan Couture, Terrence Sango, Arvidsson, Dustin Brown in his comeback season last year. Um, so, I mean, that's you're, you're dealing with lots of people who are very, very good. And... At the current moment, I would actually say he's probably being underdrafted in terms of his uh, like average ranking across a lot of the sites. Um, let me just quickly pull that up here. I didn't know this, but apparently he's playing penalty kill minutes. Yeah, so one of his most notable roles when he was with the New Jersey Devils is he played on the penalty kill. Was that just because the Devils didn't have anybody else? <laughs> uh, well, that was the year they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Ah, that was such right. a random run. I don't know if you remember that. They went to the finals one year. <laughs> Like, like it's like second last season of the Devils. They went to the finals. Like, and it was the most, like, um, Adam Henrique had like a like a breakout. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. uh, it was the last thing. It was the last Parise season or something like that right, too. Right, right, right. It was like most ridiculous run. Uh, right now, Eli Kovalchuk is getting drafted eighty first overall. Uh, right behind people like Clayton Keller, Ryan Johansson, behind Mikael Granlund. Here's one of the things that might happen. I mean, if you're drafting in Yahoo mm -hmm. leagues, they always show you your previous league stats. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're playing with some un, you know, some uh, uneducated <laughs> compatriots, uh, they might look at that and be like, "Oh, Kovalchuk didn't score anything last year," yeah. and he might get passed over. So, you might be able to snag him at a later round. Sure. And there's also a pretty big discrepancy. Like the Dauber has him ranked as so much as their hundredth ranked skater, and Nichol has him ranked as like their fiftieth best skater. So, wow. Uh, definitely a lot of uh, comparables. But yeah, Elia Kovalchuk, I'd say right now being underdrafted in your leagues. Uh, a player that who probably shouldn't be drafted is Valery Nishkushkin. Nishkushkin. He returns back to the Dallas Stars. He was a first-round pick back in like 2013 or 2015. Uh, based off his KHL stats, he's projected to have 
32 points. So let me name off some players and tell me if you'd be drafting them. Um, so Darren Helm. No. Carl Hagelin. No. Chris Kuditz. Maybe five years ago. Okay. So uh, you're probably not going to be looking at Valley Nikushkin. Uh, but he does look to be on the second line with people like Radic, Fasca, and Spezza. So here's here's a counter argument, though. We mm. just talked about how the Stars are going to be a more offensive team, and they're not going to be paying too much attention to the defensive side of the ice. <laughs> uh, Nichushkin, when he was playing, was basically the big body in front of the net, and he was getting a bunch of garbage goals but in I his feel rookie like even season. Big body in front of the net, guys. Like if that's your only goal, is like that's true. It's like they, I just they remember him to be seventeen goal people. Like that's it. Right? That's true. Yeah, he's gonna score seventeen goals, and six of them are gonna be highlight goals because he knocks two guys over before he puts it into the net. And like five of them will be on the same week. So yeah, that's true. So pick him up when he's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go, streamer. Yeah, great fantasy advice, Dylan. Pick up the player who's shrieking. That's great. And then are you going to tell them to drop them when they're not scoring? Yeah, drop okay. them when they're not scoring. <laughs> cool. Or like me last year, drop them when they are scoring. And then they won't be good. Um, <laughs> oh, then then the other player, then other players will pick them up and then they'll benefit and make the playoffs and win the league and you won't? Yes. Okay, that's how that works. That's how that happened. All right. Uh, do you have any people that you might think have a bounce back here this year? Well, I've got I've got two here. One might be a little bit controversial because I don't know if it's really a bounce back year, more of a bounce back from drama. <laughs> Mike Hoffman. Ooh. Um, Did something happen to him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, he's he's going to Florida by way of San Jose. <laughs> um and uh, did he like? Apparently, they did. Apparently, Florida offered it initially, but Senators were like, "We're not going to trade him in division." Oh, so that's why he went to San Jose first. Yeah, and then San Jose uh, was see, like, I see. "Yokes!" and then just throws <laughs> them back into Florida. <laughs> so here's the thing about Hoffman. Hoffman's a skilled guy. Like, um, there's no reason that he can't be putting up points on a on a talented team, and he was uh, in Ottawa two seasons ago. Like, he had a pretty decent year. Um, Next year, he's going to be playing with Trachek and Huberto on that second line. And he's never played with players as talented as those guys. I mean, Mark Stone, sure. But I don't think... I, I wouldn't take Mark Stone over, over Huberto. Okay. And uh, uh, Matt Duchesne, like... We all, we all think that Matt Duchesne's probably... probably How about Turris? Seen. Turris isn't in Ottawa. I don't know, he would have been when Hoffman was in his good yeah. years. Well, let's put it this way. But I mean, okay, like Trocheck is no slouch. Yeah, Tro- Trocheck and, and Huberto are definitely going to give Hoffman the offensive push that he's going to need to make him fantasy valuable. Okay, well, let's put it this way: when Terse and Hoffman and uh, Stone were all playing together, like Terse and Stone, the average of those two players is very similar, if not less, than that of Huberto and Trocheck. Point taken. Okay. Uh, here's here's one other I thing that have I couldn't explain more clearly. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't, if we don't see Hoffman in a backup in a bounce back year, yeah. we can look forward to an at Strombone one oh, tweet yeah. uh, that uh, may or may not be uh, not safe for work. We don't know. Did you hear? Did you see the one about his? Uh, did people wanting him to take like a photo of them? Of Hoffman? No, no, no. Oh, oh Strombone one. Did you see that tweet? No. So basically, he was walking down like the like I guess the equivalent of the seawall in uh, in Florida, like just okay. a beach walk. And then he was the talking, bayou, the bayou, I guess. And then uh, <laughs> he was talking to his wife. And he was like, "Hey, like people uh, will recognize me or something like that while they're going out." And like some family asked him to like take a photo of them. 
<laughs> like as he was just some normal guy. Uh, I wonder what they probably the, don't watch a lot of hockey. Down who do you there. think the most famous guy that ha- that that's happened? Like, well, they just got mistaken for a comic. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney is there a story? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Sounds like there would be. Yeah. I feel true. like he told it on like a late night show. That's true. Yeah. And then like, there would have been. He was like, there. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'll take your picture. <laughs> is that a good Paul McCartney? <laughs> I like it. Can you do Paul McCartney imitating Bank Babcock? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, I just need you to. I just need. <laughs> shoot the butt. Ah, no. No. I can't. How about any other players come, stick out to you? Uh, Wayne Simmons. Wayne okay. Simmons was, was basically half of Wayne Simmons last year. He had yep. a broken thumb. He had a broken rib. I think he had hip surgery in the offseason. I think it's always hip surgery. I said that earlier, didn't I? Um, I, Dude, sports where you're turning like that. and like <laughs> It's always a The hip. only guy that avoids hip surgeries are Jeff Skinner. That's only because he figure skated. I don't know if you know he's figure skated yes, when he was younger. Yes, yeah. yes. Everyone knows every that. Every single time they're hockey knows in Canada. That. We all watch hometown <laughs> hockey. <laughs> um, so Wayne Simmons. Now, there's two sides to this argument. Wayne Simmons obviously is... Super fantasy valuable. He's always been high hits, high mm. blocks, high pims, high points, and power play points have always been one of his um, his big strengths. Especially on uh, as a winger, yeah. you don't really get a lot of those guys that are um, that valuable across that many categories. Uh, and there, there's less of them because there's less right wingers in the league. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a feeling that this year he's going to be super. I mean. I know he's going to be healthy. He's coming into the season after working off in the off se- working, working out in the off season, um, and I'm expecting him to get back to his 2016 form. Um, there's a counter argument to this, though. Nolan Patrick has almost taken his spot on the power play in uh, Philadelphia. So I also want to point out they did sign James Van Riemsdyk. <laughs> who also plays that same role. This is true. <laughs> no, I this mean, is you know this? Okay, so they, they asked, um, uh, who's her, who, the goalie, the crazy goalie that's their GM right now? Uh, uh, Hextall. Hextall, yeah, yeah, okay. They asked Hextall, like, what are you going to do with JVR? Because he had Patrick and Simmons, yeah. who both played the same role in the power play. And he just goes like, I don't know. <laughs> like, he just literally said, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these guys. Because they're it's all not the his same. job. It's coach's job. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just sign players. I just sign them. I just forget the rules that, like, apparently after 35, the cap still counts. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking so, Chris Pronger, dude. Like, here's <laughs> the thing, though. Like, is it is it going to push Simmons to be the best out of those three players? I mean, or, when he's healthy, his, like, I don't think there's anyone better in the league at that position. No. Like, yeah. the yeah. So, I, I would risk it. I would risk it. If you have, um, if you can, if you can get Simmons, he's totally valuable for all those extracurricular activities, the PIMs, the hits. Um, he's also a really high shot volume player. Uh, so look look for him in your league. Look for him. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see kind of a drop-off in uh, power play points, he's wonderful trade bait. He's mm-hmm. absolutely perfect trade bait because no one else in your league knows that his power play points has gone down. Yeah. So trade him. Get somebody who, who can fill that for you. Yeah, um, actually, uh, James Van Riemsdyk, James Ram, James Ram Riemsdyk, Van, Van Riemsdyk, Riemsdyk, James Van Riemsdyk has an average uh, draft rank right now of about one hundred and one point three, and Wayne Simmons at one hundred two point three. So, really close. So maybe Dylan, gun to your head, uh, between the two, who do you draft? Uh, Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I, yeah. I agree with extracurriculars. That. Yeah. Um, 30 pims about Wayne Simmons or Mike Hoffman 
Uh, I'd still go with Wayne Simmons. Wayne yeah. Simmons is way more valuable because of all those extra things that he that he <laughs> does in between the whistles. Yeah, it's true. And he's he's not, I mean, yeah, you're right. Mike Mike Hoffman plays a very singular role. He's a goal scorer. He's a sniper, right? And Simmons, as you mentioned, has a lot more uh, does a lot more extracurriculars. Well, that wraps us up for the part one of our draft preview podcast, where we kind of talked about some of our players that we thought were really. We talked about our top end players. We talked about some undervalued players. Talked about some KHL players. Are we really done, Fergie? <laughs> no. What do we have coming next week, Dylan? No, we have. Uh, we'll have our part two out probably sometime early next week. Mm-hmm. The sheet we're still working on right now. I think I said to some people on Reddit that I would be able to release it um, with our next episode. I think we're going to hold off and add it to our next episode after this one. Um, we want to add a few more rankings in there and we want to really solidify some of the tools that you guys are going to be able to use like uh, for points leagues adding your point values to certain categories and figuring out who's the most valuable players uh, in your um, in your specific fantasy league and we're also working on a way to get uh, something for category leagues percentile rank has been working pretty well um, but we want to know like how many players should we be adding in here? We've been working with top 300 players. Is 350 better? Is 220 better? Yeah. How many players do you guys need <laughs> to go through? Um, when it's every player in the league, things get a little diluted. So uh, we, we want to offer a little bit more specific stats. But then again, if you have a you know 50-person league that goes 50 deep and you need the 800... <laughs> 50 people. <laughs> 50 deep where you're drafting... When, you're, when we would actually be <laughs> fantasy draft eligible, Dylan. Yeah, um, there you go. You uh, drafted all of the NHL, all of the AHL. Now you're on to just Joe Schmo. You're, you're on to fantasy hockey podcasters. Um, <laughs> perhaps you'll need our rankings. Um, but as always, you can probably, find... It. You'll probably get us after keeping Carlson. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you can take a look at us uh, online. Uh, our, our website is stlouisshoes.com. You can find us on Twitter at stlouisshoes. And you can email us at yolobag at stlouisshoes.com that's uh, what it is right it is yeah um you can also email us at podcast at stlouisshoes.com that's, but that's, that's that's the secret one that's only for serious business inquiries yeah. though so please don't email us if you have just jokes or questions for us if you email us to the podcast email uh with jokes or questions we will not respond we'll, we'll report you to the authorities <laughs> we'll just answer very seriously we'll respond back with unsubscribe <laughs> Uh, But as always, we'll see you next week as we discuss more about our fantasy hockey draft. Good night, everybody.